magical. The Brotter only works tonight. On all Halloween, when the sun comes up, it's dust. Dust? Dust? Burning! <laughs> Fortunately, the potion I brewed the night we were hanged would keep us alive and young forever. <gasps> Unfortunately, the recipe for that potion is in my spellbook, and the little wretches have stolen it. Therefore, it stands to reason, does it not, sisters dear, that we must find the book, brew the potion, and suck the lives out of the children of Salem before sunrise? Otherwise, it's curtains. We evaporate. We cease to exist. Dost thou come? Well, you explained it beautifully, Winnie. The way you started, started out with the adventure part, and then you sort of slowly... Explain what? Hits. Come! We fly! As I look up at the sky, my mind starts dripping, a tear drops my eye. My body temperature falls. I'm shaking, and they breaking, trying to save the dough. Pumping on my chest, and I'm screaming. I stop breathing. Damn, I see demons. Dear God, I wonder can you save me? I can't die, my boo-boo's about to have my baby. I think it's too late for praying. Uh -oh, Hold up, hear the song, and I don't hear this song. I hear the song that sampled the song, which was, is it Jay-Z? I think it's a Jay-Z song. Anyway. <laughs> it's all the same music, isn't it? <laughs> Yo, that's the thing about rap. It's so meta, like everything is built on the... It, oh, so fucking circular. Love it. And hate it, actually. But love it. Stop. Speaking of circular. Speaking of circular. I thought I was clicking it off, but I was accidentally clicking it on again. I don't know. So I apologize. I'm a bad podcast producer. As I've... It's all these years, I'm still terrible at it all. Um, but hi and welcome to the Unnamed Movie Podcast. This is Andrew. This is Damien. And this is Douglas! Um, how many knockdowns do you have in your career, Douglas? Uh, luckily, mm. I have only one knockdown, but I did um, get right back up. Hmm. Then I'm um, gonna keep it down. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Damien. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's another podcast and we're all here together, which means we're obviously here to talk about how amazing the new Halloween kills trailer is, right? 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 No? Alright, cool. I'm I tried to force the issue. I'm sorry, I won't do it again. But on the on the other side, we're here to talk about a new film, and 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 because it's a film, a, f a film, it means it's on Netflix because that's where all movies live now. Because we're all just streaming. Um, the the movie is the latest of the youth horror series called Night Books. Is there any reason I should let you live? I write scary stories. I'm going to need a story every night. Or it's the last thing you'll ever do. You all try and run. There's no escape. Don't just stand there. Come on, I'm Yasmin. So yes, um, this film is about the young boy by the name of Alex. And he is obsessed with scary stories. He loves to write them. 
one night he gets upset and he runs out of his house and he's going to burn his scary stories because something terrible happened and then he ends up getting caught by a witch in a new york city apartment and damon's here to tell us the rest tell us damon hi how was night books um all right so uh i really really like um kirsten rittle i think that's how you pronounce her first name um i've liked her ever since isn't it but whatever who cares I have liked she's, her ever since. Clearly, she's, clearly, I'm a better friend to her than you are. I mean, okay. I mean, congrats. Uh, she was in Don't Trust That Bitch in Apartment 23. And then she came in other bad things, uh, especially that Netflix series where she had superpowers of whatever it was that she was superpowered with. And both I'm those seasons... I'm trying to remember which Marvel character she was and I've completely blanked Jessica right now. something. Um... um yeah. She was a detective. Jessica yeah, Jones. Jones. Jessica, Jessica Jones was her Jones. name. Right. Okay. And um, it is uh, absolutely terrible. She, it's a terrible TV show. Um, uh, I was like in the first season. She was also in, um, I think, season three of Breaking Bad. She was Jesse's girlfriend. Um, and then she was promptly murdered. Uh, <laughs> uh and so I saw this, and halfway through this, I expected uh, this show to be, this movie to be terrible. Um, Andrew laid out the premise. Uh, this little boy was, was taken by a witch. And if he doesn't write scary stories, uh, the witch is going to murder him. And there's another little girl in the apartment as well. Uh, she seems to do the busy work. And the kids are trying to plot a way to escape. And I found myself smiling at this movie, which doesn't really happen with Netflix movies. And so halfway through, I stopped and I went, all right, I know what movie I'm going to pick uh, on this podcast because at least we can have uh, a fight because one person is not going to like this movie. I don't know who, but I know at least one person will like it. I then watched the rest of the movie and was then very happy with this pick because I genuinely enjoyed all of this movie. It doesn't do anything um, new. Like, it's not um, Cabin in the Woods. Like, it's not subverting anything. It's just... Uh, it it kind of reminds me a lot of The Goonies, um, that's how it feels. It's just it's a movie where there's these kids trying to figure out the situation and it leads to hijinks. And at the very end of the movie, they um they find a clever way to you know tell the, tell a normal you know witch's story at the end. And uh, I enjoy the performances of everybody. It's pretty self-contained. There's not a lot of sets. There's not a lot of wild things happening. I did particularly like how they presented the stories that he told. They only did it twice, though, which was kind of a letdown. I hope for each of the story that he told, they would have this, um, like this cutaway to whatever the story was. But... Uh, watching this, I was surprised that a movie on Netflix wasn't actively on fire and made me want to fight Steve Netflix again. 
and it happened twice in one week. Uh, the other movie we'll talk about uh, shortly. Um, and yeah, Douglas is correcting his <laughs> in his <laughs> excitement. Uh, but I do I don't know what has Netflix gotten better what or is it desperation? Dylan, I'm still going to make the same joke when I start talking about this movie, but you have just ruined my joke. Oh. <laughs> my joke beginning of the start of my review. Oh, of fair story. enough. Uh, I I'm not. I I don't like this current trend. Because usually I'd see a movie on Netflix and know without a doubt that it is indeed trash and would just not watch the movies. Uh, but I enjoyed, I really did enjoy this movie. Like, it's it's not a movie for adults. It's clearly a kid's movie. Um, but it is good enough that I didn't feel, like, I didn't feel talked down to at any point. Um, they do make, there's, there's this thing, a lot of these movies do, which is annoying from time to time where the children for their age are way smarter or say things or do things that is out of the, like, it's too smart for the children that are being depicted. It's clear that a writer wrote that and the children are saying it, but I don't know if there is a way to get around that and make this movie, um, how it is. But I did, I, <laughs> there's one point where he tells a story, he's panicking because the witch is upset and he like trembles and asks if she liked the story at least. And she's like, writers, always so insecure. And I went, all right, movie. That one is for the adults in the room. I like this. <laughs> I like this stupid movie. Um, so I like it. Andrew Douglas? Sure, I'll, um, I'll step in. I don't have a lot to say, um, but before I speak, um, I have a pre-written statement that I'd like to, to read from. Um, uh, in the past, in the recent past, I know that I have recommended um, some films to Damien to watch. Um, I believe that the quality of these films have not been up to par. And in particular, recently, last week, I recommended that Damien watch Kate on Netflix. Damien has rightly responded by forcing myself and Andrew <laughs> to watch this piece of shit. And I accept the, um, the consequences. Um, the puni punishment is proportional and... Um, I apologize profusely for all the pain that I have caused to Damien White. Damien, yes. to you, I um, speak directly now mm -hmm. when I say, Cree! <laughs> wait, wait, I have, I have a very important... Before you continue, I have a very important question, which is, uh, where's my apology? Because I've been inflicted... Not. I've been inflicted... Through your war that's been going on here. Listen here, I only apologize when um things like this happen. When atrocities are <laughs> have been committed <laughs> committed upon me, and I recognize that it is in response to what I have done to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie is not good. 
right? What I will say about this movie, though, so there's a couple of things. First of all, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, like, and I can almost see Damien. Woo! That's great. Um, and for those of you listening to the podcast, you'll have no clue what I'm talking about. And that is perfect. Um, what I will say about this movie is that this is a children's movie that looks pretty and has just enough to make a trailer that almost seems whimsical. And that is the most positive I can say about this film. I, too, uh, kind of approached this trailer and this movie the same way Damien did. I also have probably uh, an unhealthy um, level, not to Damien's level, but um, <laughs> I do appreciate uh, Kristen Ritter. I enjoy a lot of the things that she's in. Um, Damien's mentioned a bunch of them. Um, is it weird that I actually remember even further than that seeing her in maybe two or three episodes of a shitty show that nobody else on this podcast likes, but I love Veronica Mars. Um, and I love Veronica Mars. They oh. just shouldn't have brought it back. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, but, but yeah, so I like Kristen Ritter a lot. I saw this trailer and for a second got that kind of, uh, ooh, I'm a kid again kind of feeling. But I did the responsible thing, Damien. Once the trailer was over, I tamped those feelings down. You pushed them down? I pushed them down into a little box and I... And said, not today, Satan. <laughs> because... To be honest, the trailer looked all right. It looked like it had something, but it seemed like somebody knew what they were doing, right? It seemed like somebody said, I can make a good trailer out of this nonsense. And when I got to watch all five hours of this film, I was proved correct. Uh, this movie is truly a children's movie. And that's really um, the, the issue that I have with it. It's not that it's genuinely bad because it actually isn't it is exactly what it's meant to be and i'm sure that children between the ages of three and seven will adore this film right but that is the target audience this is not one of those movies where either by accident or on purpose it is enjoyable for uh adults right it is simply something with uh a colorful, uh, a colorful palette that words are said and um, fairy tales are spoken and there is a happy ending. It's, it's just a shitty children's movie. And I guess I wasn't in the mood. <laughs> I think I'd add to that that like, we love to make the joke that um, we are children and like we watch shit like Star Wars and that movie is made for children, but we love it anyways. This just isn't that kind of children's movie. It's, it is what it is, and I'm fine with it. Damien mentioned it already. It does a really cool thing with like showing the stories, which I agree was pretty fucking cool. Especially I like the last one they did with the wizard, uh, which was really weird and cool. Um, the one thing I like to mention that we haven't really talked about, and I, I don't really want to spoil it, but the ending of this movie ends up bringing up a monster um, and 
in the realm of talking about a thing I love to talk about in horror movies in just monster design, it's a really fucking cool monster they made. <laughs> and like yeah. it it pops, like it shows up like a cool monster in a monster movie. And I get this. I'm happy with this movie for a five-year-old. And one day Noel will review this movie for you and tell you it's his favorite movie. Um, but right now I'm just like, uh, Damien made me watch a shitty movie that I'm like, why am I watching this? It's fine. It's it's a movie I don't want to be upset at because I know more than everything else, it's just not for me, right? It's not that it's actively terrible. You guys have no whimsy at all. Uh, and it's, it saddens me. I thought you two were better. My, wi- my whimsy is, is saved for Sion Sono films. <laughs> That's... That might be the most depressing thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> I'm sure we have Sion Sono movies to talk about on this podcast this let's, week, which makes me happy. Let's never do that. Um, but yeah, I don't even know what more we can say to this movie. Because I mean, it's yeah, like, you... what what do we even want to talk about? Like, Kristen Ritter plays the shitty witch in this yeah. movie that we have. Like, even the movie I clipped for this podcast, Focus Focus, she'd fit perfectly in that movie. Yeah. And she'd be fine. She's right? true in she's, the scenery. She does her job, right? Yeah. And then eventually there's the dumb reveal. The children are children and it's stupid. And it's... I Actually, you know what the movie I thought about watching this movie a lot um, was um, a movie I quite like, um, the, the Brothers Grimm, right? Talking about fairy tales and making them... You like that movie? Yes, I do. It's dumb. I understand this, but I like it. No, I am upset because I love that movie and you used to make fun of me constantly yeah, because, because you're like, that movie is horrible. Douglas. I don't like that movie. It's the worst. I mean, and now you movie. come here on this podcast, sir, to tell mm-hmm. me that you like the thing that you make fun of me Um, I'm still here different... to tell you that that movie is a bad movie. <laughs> the, the difference between me and you, Douglas is I can admit the failings of that movie. You just see Terry Gilliam and you move on with right. your life. That movie's perfect! <laughs> right. Perfect! You, think, you think that movie is good and you're incorrect. <laughs> that I mean, movie is not for children and it is no, certainly not. not for adults. No, it is I mean, It is for it silly is, men like me. It is a silly It does movie. have a top-tier Peter Stormare performance. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can have that. The... But like the the idea of these fairy tales and bringing them into quote unquote reality, and this movie does it in a more silly or childish way. Um, uh, but I really love it when it gets to like those worlds, mm-hmm. right? I... And does some of those things. Like it 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 created the setting of things that I like. So I enjoyed the premise of this, and then later found out that this is an actual book. Like there's an actual book called Night Books that. Um, they're adapting for this movie and uh, the, I found the premise fascinating um, this witch that lives off, that feeds sorry, off sorry, Vivich sorry, this Vivich that feeds off um, scary stories and just needs new scary stories to fuel her and the movie um, expands on that towards the end of the movie and watching them manipulate her and her bravado and watching, uh, I mean, watching them try and plot their escape. Um, there's 
the obligatory uh, fighting off small creatures scene, which was also fun. Uh, so, uh, listen, I had, I, I think it might have been expectations where I really just assumed that this was going to be uh, the worst. And came out watching this movie, I was just like, no, it's a pretty good movie. It's, also, I want to I want to let, let it be known that I was quite disappointed to open the spreadsheet and see this movie after we distinctly had a conversation about a Shyamalan movie where I'm like, I thought he was going to pick the Shyamalan Oh no, there's no world. There's no world where I'm watching. I've still not watched it yet and I it's want not, to and I will. Right? <laughs> like, so the reason I started asking about Shyamalan and Malignant was because I'd seen this and went, maybe I'm in the mood for like my one horror movie for the year. Um, and I think it still might be malignant because people seem to think that that movie is good, but it will not be an M night movie because I've seen all of his movies. <laughs> no, you've not. You've not seen the new one. So you uh, not seen all of them. It turns out though, I have, I saw them when he kept putting out bad movies in the past. <laughs> um, but all right, side question, because yes. I don't know how much more we really want to talk about this movie. Um, keeping on the vein of childlike horror movies, um, we talked about the at the opening of the show. I, I clipped Hocus Pocus. I love that movie. Um, I love that movie in my mind. Like Douglas said, I yeah. don't think I ever want to look it's, at it again it's never for, the, for the <laughs> sake of never ruining that memory. Like even when I went to go and get the clip for the for the podcast. There's a scene after that where the cat Did you is talking. Your eyes while you were recording it, so you didn't <laughs> actually see the movie. You just heard it and remembered how much you loved it. <laughs> there's a scene after that where the the cat is talking, and I'm like, oh shit, there's a talking cat in this movie. Yep. I've forgotten everything. Um, what other child? What what other movies did we have as children? Like horror movies that we like latched onto. Like I mean, for me, it was Freddy Krueger. Right, like. I- Children of the Corn. Tremors is mine. Ah, oh, Tremors is because disgusting. like you watch it now and you realize that it had to be for children because no adult would say that. Any. Um, I mean Jurassic Park is the one that grown people pretend to like. When but I mean Jurassic Park is clearly a movie for children. It's not you, a movie for adults. What are you I talking mean, about? Pretend to like, like they're not supposed to. How dare yeah, you? Yeah, because they're not. Because they're not children anymore. Yep, right. <laughs> There's Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice, there guys. is Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I I continue to to think that they should target all horror movies to children. Because mm-hmm. as adults, you shouldn't be afraid of these things because you're an adult and your brain <laughs> your brain knows better. But children don't know. Children just believe anything All is right, possible. So, so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make the first R-rated horror movie for Damien. All it will be is a man opening up his bills and just I'm crying. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just watching overdue bills pour out of everywhere. No matter how hard he works, no matter how much bills he pays. It's just... <laughs> just, just There we go. I've made the oh, first adult oh, horror no, movie. Sorry. sorry. They already made that. They call it The Sopranos. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, continued Sopranos backlash. Oh, yeah. I hate it. Uh, I um, hate that show. <laughs> we still have one more episode to watch, Damien. I mean, I I still haven't finished season six. Like, I burned through the first five seasons, and then my body was just like, 
Uh, no. <laughs> I can't. Is season six the last one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's uh, really I remember at some stage, seven, they kind of like, stopped being funny and were just like, why don't we be super serious and think about emotion? But we'll see. Yeah. I, I'm still in the middle of season three. I haven't like, gone in. Like, yeah, because it's not fun to watch that show. Like, having his wife come back to him was just the final straw. I'm just like, all Absolutely of these people not. are the I worst people, show. and I don't <laughs> want to watch this anymore. Um, it's like if Breaking Bad were, were a terrible show. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, moving on. Right. What, what are we doing this podcast again? I don't remember. Yeah, we'll um, we, we failed to talk about a children's movie. Um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yes. Um we are continuing into a new marathon and it's weird because i started out thinking about this marathon where i wanted us to talk about african movies but then i picked a series of movies where it's mostly from senegal so you know Mm -hmm. take that how you will so we're gonna start out this marathon by talking about the 1968 film by usmane sembene um manda manbari Mandabi, I'm ruining this whole thing. Mandabi. Ibrahim Djeng, monte de khabar bu neex la indalo. Ben manda. Nyar yu pari len yugi. Manda. Eh dama ñoon sira ndax dama am ben manda poste bu mo wara toucher. Dama nguuti cardanti. Ha? Demal meri nguuti sakay. It's a story of a man who gets a money order for an unemployed man who ends up getting a money order for 25,000 francs. And the, the, all of the things that end up happening in his life as people come knocking on his door, he starts owing more and more money to the shopkeeper at the corner. And he has to go down this rabbit hole of getting identity cards, getting government officials to make sure he is, he is the person he is. All to try and get this money order within the say. I don't remember how long they said it was. I think it's two weeks. The two week right, period. Right, yes, fifteen days. Right for the po- before the post office sends it back to France, mm-hmm. um, and including the mother of the young man who is who who sent the money order appearing at his door saying, "Where's my money that my son sent?" Hey, um, <laughs> Um, the film is uh, a historic film because it's apparently the first film um, to ever have a native African language mm-hmm. as its primary language yep. um, presented to us. Um, and what's, it's, what's the name of this language, Andrew? You're bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm oh. scrolling. Um, Wolof. Yes. Which, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when I edit this, there won't be that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It'll be a call and response. <laughs> right. Um, so, yes, the, the film is Mandabi. Damien, I want you to kick this off. All right. Uh, so, uh, having lived in Jamaica for, let's say, all of my life, uh, <laughs> I have been exposed to a lot of uh, movies uh, from the continent. Um we bootleg a lot of things in Jamaica, and there was a time where uh, I used to partake in bootleg movies. And what would happen was there'd be a guy selling these movies. Uh, there'd be the movies from America, and they charge one price for those. 
and then you could get like 18 of any African movies for like the same amount of money. <laughs> and uh, I, for a long time, didn't watch any of the movies and then got bored and started watching these movies. Um, it helped that I had an office at work <laughs> where there was a TV with a DVD player and the guys in the office love these kinds of movies. And so I used to buy them and watch them at the office. And like with all movies, most of them are bad, but every now and again, you get some good ones. Um, towards the, let's say, let's say 2010-ish time period, 2012, uh, uh, Nigerian cinema started to get um, real crazy. Like they were just making Marvel movies but with $20 as their budget. And so you'd see some of the strangest action movies you've ever seen. Um, and it was always fun to watch. Um, some of these would not have been, some of these movies weren't professionally subtitled because like even from where they're coming from, there was no budget for doing these things. And some of them were in, uh, let's say loose English. <laughs> so we could barely understand what was happening, but you didn't really need that. Um, and so when I started watching uh, this movie, I saw a lot of similarities between the movies I'd seen before in this movie and looked into it. And of course, this was one of, as Andrew stated earlier, uh, one of the movies that kind of pioneered um these kinds of movies where it's it's not uh it's not a movie where someone has seen an american movie and is trying to make an Amer an african version of an american movie mm -hmm. this is wholly off the continent this is yeah. specifically senegal a very seminal movie right <laughs> um Sorry, so, seminal, seminal. Yes. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Uh, so this movie is uh, literally called Money Ardo. Um, and this man uh, was living a, uh, a... His life was a struggle. He wasn't living in the lap of luxury. He's a poor man. He has two wives. And uh, he's, he's not doing well. And... Uh, the postman comes to his wives and is like, hey, there's a money order at the post office for your husband. And the wives immediately start spending money. And he finds out and he's like, all right, let me go get this money. And watching this movie, it made me... There's points in this movie when he's dealing with the bureaucracy of how you get this money that made me actually upset because imperialism did a lot of things. One of the things that has stayed even to this day is shitty bureaucracy. <laughs> Just the worst version of bureaucracy where in order to get something, you have to go through 18 different places in order to get it done. So he doesn't have any identification. And he's told, all right, 
you need ID. And so you need to go get it from this place. And he goes to the place and they're like, well, we can't get you that until unless you show us your birth papers. And he's like, all right, I have to get my birth papers. And he has to go somewhere else. And he's, to- he's also told, oh, you need to take a picture so that you know, we can have this picture and all sort of stuff. And you're just like, yeah, this is a thing. This is just a holdover that is dumb that no one has ever really sat down. And like, even in 2020, there's things that if you want from the government, it is just this nightmare of going from location to location. It feels like the world's worst um, scavenger hunt. <laughs> just said from point to point, looking for things. That in all fairness, one location should be able to facilitate all of this. Like, it is, these government services are paid by taxes, and the taxes should allow you to do all of these things in a central location without you running up and up. So I saw that I was just like, boy, this movie was 50 years ago and we're still dealing with some of these, this nonsense even to today. Um, but this man just, it is a series of, uh, I mean, self-inflicted, but unfortunate events. Like everything keeps getting worse and worse. Um, and he finds himself at the end uh, being taken advantage of by basically every single person along the way. And so what was a bad situation in the beginning uh, quickly gets worse and worse and worse. And it was... I say all of that, but the thing is, I didn't really enjoy this movie. Like, it's it's fine like it's a it's a nice window into you know what life must have been like back then but it's not a movie that i ever see myself watching again uh it feels like um i mean it's there it's a slice of life movie and it's always fascinated to see um different cultures and how they operate um but this culture is so much like my own culture that it's not really looking in like the window into this is not as fascinating as i would have liked and so like mercifully this movie is an hour and a half and i did um specific specifically like the lead performers um i guess performance uh but the rest of this this movie just feels i mean i guess for the time this movie would have been um something you know groundbreaking but right now it just feels like uh it, it just feels like a sad story and i i wasn't i wasn't enamored with this movie at all yeah yeah um so damian you wanna kind of in the same boat. Um, what I'll say is this, right? So I'm actually quite conflicted in terms of my feelings for this movie. Uh, first, let me start off by saying I turned on this film and from the get-go, from the first scene in this movie, 
I said to myself, I know exactly what this is. This is The Runaround. And that's exactly what this movie was, right? Um, and the... <laughs> I can appreciate, like, why this maybe I actually haven't done any checks, but the fact it's on Criterion must mean it is so. Why, you know, folks would, would probably hold this in high regard, right? Um, it is definitely, um, as Andrew says, there are some milestones that it, it achieved. Um, as Damien said, the acting in particular from the, the lead is pretty good. Um, and it is the sort of story, the sort of movie that people, a certain type of person will 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 flock to and will say how important it is and how it whether it teaches you something whether you you you, you get some sort of cultural insight whether you know however however you view this because it kind of gives all of those various various um things it, it ticks all of those boxes so i get it right um and as with damien uh when I look at this from an entertainment perspective, which, to be honest, sadly, is how I view everything, right? I kind of, especially if I'm, I'm here, if it's a documentary, I'll say, all right, perhaps I need to learn something. If it is a film, I must be entertained. And that did not happen here, right? Um, th um, this movie is really about it's a sad story about um it is of a time i assume it's a transitionary time it may not be right because you could actually um have this story still happen today in a lot of places in the world um even in jamaica right um and it's about you know this fellow that was born in a time when you were just born. And they're just like, well, you're here. I don't need to prove you're here. I see you. You are here. Um, when's your birthday? It don't matter. Like, you know, you've, you've been around for like a while, you know? Um, and so, so nothing is on paper. And so the system kind of uh, is, creates a situation where that person is now disenfranchised. Um, because they don't fit into the box that, that you and I fit into, right? Where we, we, we were born and somebody immediately gave us a, a number by which we must recite and, and know who we are. Otherwise, we don't exist in the system, right? We are all a part of the matrix, but this man sits outside of the matrix. Uh, but um, and, and this story is about him trying to get inside the matrix, trying to, to become a part of the system. And as the movie develops, and this is something that you could kind of um, logic from day one and something that I, I knew was a possibility and it ended up being so, that you can really create scenarios where one, of course, the bureaucracy um, is too much. But two, it creates a situation where it's easy to exploit a person like this, right? A person who doesn't have um, uh, a lot of means, a, a person who, in this particular case, um, 
doesn't know how to read, for example, um, and a person who, for, for that reason and everything surrounding it, um, is essentially required to trust people that he really should not trust and to do things that he really should not do. And it's, it's extremely sad. It is, um, it, it's the representation of not exactly the worst case scenario, but a pretty bad situation. One, one that I, I don't think anybody would enjoy watching. Um, and weirdly, because I'll probably talk a little bit later about something that is, uh, I don't want to say similar, but something that is very much like, let's call it emotion porn, which is kind of what you could say this is, um, but that I've decided I like. It ticks whatever box I, I, I want it to tick, and this one does not. Um, uh, and, and I guess, you know, that's the nature of, 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 of how my brain works. But this movie, it maybe it touches, maybe as Damien says, maybe it touches a, a little close, too close to home, right? Um, and you, you, you kind of just don't want to see that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I did not enjoy my time with this movie, but I will give it props to say that, you know, um, there was, th the teams all, well, mostly played hard here um, because I'm not going to I'm not going to put my, my, my neck on the line for the rest of these actors, right? There is one acting job being done here. The rest of them are kind of loafing around. But, um, <laughs> You're all about the main guy. Exactly. Right. I'm all about the main guy. But the other players behind the camera and um, in, uh, in front of the, the storyboards, they were playing hard too. Right? I, think, yeah. I think most of the people in this movie, I think, were really good. <laughs> um, but it's interesting how you guys see this movie because I see it in a different way, which I, I kind of assume you guys would take this, mm -hmm. which, first of all, I wholly agree with you guys. This is a movie that I didn't really enjoy, enjoy. Um, but weirdly enough, the way I watched this movie, the, the lens through which I saw this movie was entirely me seeing this as a mis misrepresented comedy. Right. Where this is a movie of this man's life, just 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 kind of like one stressor after another, just building up and building up to when we get to that finale scene where it's almost as if his head is exploding, as to how many thing, how many directions the world has gone wrong for him, right? Where this is just a tale. It's 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 something which kind of speaks to the post-colonial nature of what was going on in Senegal. Um, it speaks to all the things you were talking about, Douglas, of how the system can can make it hard for people who are probably needing to be the most supported. Um, but at the same time, I look at this movie and I'm like, if you twist the the way things are are presented a little bit, like this plays like it should be the best comedy it's written, Right of just this man having like one problem that turns into two, that turns into three, and suddenly the left hand is asking for the right hand to yeah. pay out a thing, and these gentlemen nine problems. <laughs> yeah, and it and, and I feel like it has its cast of characters that all play into this 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 form really well, but it doesn't really push it in that direction perfectly. Yeah. 
right? Like it just needed like a slight twist as to like some of some of the some of the scenery almost as to how things are staged for it to really pull it right. But yeah. in my head, in my head, that's the movie that's there, right? Um, yeah, if the movie were less earnest, it would probably. You're right. It probably would be funny if it was just a comedy of errors. But this movie is extremely serious. Yeah, it is. And, and of course, as, as, as you guys say, I mean, this story, this situation could easily have been played for laughs, right? Um, but it definitely wasn't. Uh, or I, I, you know, it's interesting, like how the lens through which we all view certain things, right? So, so I think we can agree that this movie at least was not overtly comedic, right? And so once it's not overt, you then can kind of take what you will from it, right? And clearly myself and Damien um, kind of just took the devastating sadness of it. Um, and for whatever reason, Andrew, you wanted to laugh at this poor fellow. <laughs> I, I I was like, this guy made a story of just a ridiculous, <laughs> the, somebody's worst week, worst two weeks of his life, right? Yeah. And how the world is crumbling around him. Like even to the, when it gets to the point of the mother showing up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his sister and, showed up and just poking him in his face. <laughs> Where's my money? <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it was ridiculous, right? And, and I, I get it. I, I see that this movie doesn't quite put it forward exactly right. But at the same time, I'm like, I think it's there, right? Yeah, yeah. And one last thing I want to say, and I know, folks, this is crazy. This is me just jumping and, and I don't know where the hell I jumped into. Um, but... I was watching this movie, and in particular, there was one scene, or a bunch of scenes, but I guess the first one of them that I saw, that I um, had this thought. And this, as we said, it's an older film. It's a film of a time, of its time. And um, there are a few scenes, one in particular, where this fella is walking down the street on the sidewalk, or really walking on the sidewalk, um, in... The city, let's call it, right? And the way the camera is set up and the way we're looking at him is we are um, at a, let's call it a wide shot. I don't know the technical terms, right? Far away from him on the other side of the road and trying to zoom in from, from far away and watching him walk across. And I watched this scene, right? And it was... I don't know what it is. I don't know if it is... I think it's probably two factors at play. One is technology at the time, right? We probably didn't have the fancy lasers and, and pew pew and, and, and like red 4K cameras that we have to make everything look perfect. Um, and, you know, a, a man, a hulking man had to probably put it on his shoulders and so it shook a little bit um, and it couldn't zoom in all the way. Um, but also, I wonder if it if it's something that is just um, was stylistic in terms of how how that is presented. Because as soon as I saw this image, for some reason, my mind went and moved from this movie to Ocean's Twelve. Um, 
and them doing like a similar sort of um, shot or, or, or just general stylistic um, shots with the rest of them when they're in Europe and you know the fancy soundtrack that I love and watching people walk on the streets from the other side of the street and I don't know that I have a point here, but I just wanted to raise it because <laughs> it's just this weird train of thought that I had that um, surprised me that I guess we can comment or, or just leave it as it is. Um, uh, no, I, as, I, as I, I, I see what you're saying, Douglas. I, I agree. I saw it as well. I saw those Soderbergh pulls that he pulled from here and he pushed into Ocean's 12 and he's like... If you watch Soderbergh movies, you'll see him everywhere because he steals from everywhere. <laughs> He's a joke thief. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Is he a joke thief or is he just a joke? Which one? Shots fired. He's pew, a pew. bandito. Has he only made four good movies and all of those movies are Ocean's Eleven? I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So two Ocean's movies, Lucky Logan, and then some other movie I'm not thinking about. Sorry, what? What First of all, (laughs) what's the fourth one? Because my four was three Ocean's movies and Lucky Logan. What is your fourth? I I don't don't remember. You humans don't think don't don't deserve <laughs> movies. <laughs> Savages. <laughs> you know what? You can only listen to podcasts from now on. <laughs> I don't think I want to listen to Steven Soderbergh on a podcast. That doesn't sound <laughs> interesting at all. <laughs> Maybe um, if it's a podcast hosted by somebody who is just berating him and asking him to justify why he's still allowed to make movies. Maybe, so, maybe then. So talking about Soderbergh, um, I don't know how much you guys have kept up with this, but like post his pseudo, whatever he wants to call it, retirement mm-hmm. um, from making movies, he like went on this whole shtick where he started like posting in weird forms, like edits of movies. Like he's just stuck in his house and he's just like editing other people's movies and re-editing his own movies right. and like doing all sorts of shit. Right. And apparently I got I got upset because like Tiff went on, which I mentioned last podcast, and they apparently had a special event here in it was an in-person showing only where they showed his re-edit of Kafka. And I was very upset I did not go and watch this. And I don't know if it will ever be available anywhere. So I'm just kind of like, was that the only time I'll ever get to see this movie? I'm so upset right now. (laughs) Because, you know, a lot of these things that he's doing, which he shouldn't (laughs) technically shouldn't be doing because he doesn't have the rights to do it. Um, And I don't know if he'll ever get the rights to like show it fully. Like, I'm like, I'll never see it. I have kind (laughs) of heard these stories about him doing this. Um, and it also dovetails into another story of what's his face, Topher Grace, who yeah. I think did it for was it Star Wars? Yeah, he did. A, okay. He did the prequels. I think he did an edit for like all three pre- where he was like, "We're just gonna make it into one movie." And um, I remember people saying like it's a good edit, and like he showed it at like in person events, um, but obviously he can't release it anywhere or do anything with it. 
Yeah, I mean, he could just put it on the internet, like those crazy people who did. No, he's um... he he has a name that they'll find him, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> like but if he could, you and he me could do argue, it. right? He could be like, "Oh, look, somebody!" Like all he needs to do here is what Topher. I know you're listening, right? <laughs> I have the perfect crime, the for OG you. Venom, the OG yeah. Venom, right? right? <laughs> here is what we're going to do. You are going to pull, uh, what's his uh, name? Ryan um, Reynolds. Um, Juicy Smollett. Is that what? Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> is that what Dave Chappelle calls him? Um, <laughs> juicy. So, <laughs> you're gonna pull a juicy, right? Right. Where you're going to get some folks to break in to your house, right? Right. And leak. <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna report this to the police, right? And say. These people broke into my house right. and stole all sorts of things. Right. I they will were tell token. you all of the things that they stole. Right. And you know what one of them was? This I had a, a computer with a hard drive that had yeah. all sorts of movies on it, including things that I was doing for no personal gain. Right. And I have nothing to do with whatever <laughs> happens afterwards. Yes. Then somebody from mm-hmm. a um, burner account is going to release on BitTorrent some version of a star wars movie it has look, nothing look. to do it's with like you every look, sex right? tape ever that <laughs> who, that it, was leaked <laughs> if he did it a decade ago before disney bought lucas films he could probably get away with it i don't think disney lawyers give a shit about that story <laughs> yeah that's that, that's the sort of thing actually i i because it's Soderbergh, I'm probably not as interested. But generally, if I hear stories like that, I'll be like, oh, that's kind of a fun thing. Especially with Star Wars, which is something that um, I know I'm not a fan in the way that crazy people are fans. <laughs> um, but I enjoy Star Wars. I grew up with Star Wars. I also agree the, the, the prequels are kind of crappy. And if you say to me somebody, even though I'm not particularly on their team... But somebody has done something interesting with them that people seem to like. Uh, you've at least got my attention. Um, you know, so, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so moving along on to what we've been watching. So I have a short list um, to talk about. Well, it's not really that short, but I'm sure I won't go too long. Um, I'll continue with finishing off my tiff with with three other films I saw during the festival that I thought I'd bring to your attention. Right? Um, the first movie I want to talk about is a film from India um, by the title of Paka, River of Blood, um, which is a it's a self-described as a like a Romeo and Juliet-esque story. Is it about... in any way related to Paku Paku? None whatsoever. Okay. And they didn't. They didn't. They didn't change the p. They didn't change the f to a p, so that you know it wouldn't work. But anyways, um, Paka, River of Blood, um, a Romeo and Juliet esque story. Um, this man is going to marry a woman, and they happen to be from rivaling families, um, and you know Romeo and Juliet, and so it becomes a story of will this marriage happen? Won't this marriage happen? And then randomly the man's uncle gets out of jail having killed a member of the opposing family which kind of spurs on the violence between these families again 
Um, and the movie is ridiculous and amazing. And it's it's one of these movies that's like a it's a it's one of these thriller. It's it's more thriller than this Romeo and Juliet story where you kind of just watching these two families just go at each other. Um, and seeing how the violence just builds and builds and it centers around this river which they tend to find bodies in so much so that they have dedicated people that they hire to swim into the river to find the bodies right like if you look up this movie you'll find an image of this man with like this massive mustache beard thing Mm -hmm. and he is like the best swimmer like literally there's a point in this movie where they think someone is dead and they need to go and search the river and unlike like our, an American movie that you'd watch where they'd like have boats draining the river and drag all of the shit that they talk about in all these crime stories, they just have this one local guy who just like he's just like, all right. And like he has this whole rhythm to himself where he's like, bring me the oils. And he's like oiling himself. And then he, <laughs> and then he just dives in and then he goes like, I found it. Right. <laughs> and so there's like even a point in the story where like that one guy who's like the best diver like mm-hmm. he's like he's like off drinking and he's like i can't do it right now i'm like drinking leave me alone and then gets a different guy to come and do it and he's not as good and it's hilarious to see like this this economy of like these river body finders <laughs> um but otherwise it's a really good movie i really enjoyed it so it's it's probably not the bestest movie in the world but it's a really like i enjoyed this movie a good amount um um, the next one I want to talk about is continuing on our Africa talk, um, a film from Senegal, um, the movie by the name of Saloon, um, which is about a set of, which is which is the thing, oh, shit, um, which is a movie about a set of um, mercenaries who have been hired to like get a guy out of out of Dakar and like he's flying him away and then things happen and they end up in the middle of like a commune almost um, where people are like sharing duties at like this hotel place where you don't pay fees and like so everybody so they're trying to hide the fact that they are mercenaries um, but like they're pretty much like the A-team like you have a guy who is like the planning guy and you have you have a guy who's like the flying guy. You have a guy who's almost like let's call him a wizard, right? It's like he he like blows powder on you and you fall asleep and he like does all sorts of stuff. <laughs> what kind of powder? What kind of powder is he blowing to make you fall asleep? I don't remember what they call the powder, but is it, is it cocaine powder? powder? <laughs> um. So like the Bro, main planning no guy, the main <laughs> planning guy is like a top tier mercenary planning guy, mm-hmm. and he can plan out the routes and everything. But he's also afraid of water. So like just like the A team, where like the guys are afraid of flying, where where so like the guys have to knock out the guy to like go on the boats to go for the water. <laughs> and it's hilarious. It's really dumb. Um, I was just thinking I should watch that shitty movie. A team. So, it's a yeah. fun, shitty movie. It really um, is. This movie isn't as good as a team, but if you want to see like a low-budget African version of a team, I would like, like do... to see that. Yes, yes, <laughs> and, please. Uh, and they have like this weird ghosty thing where like it looks. It reminds me a lot of what was that movie with um, with the guy who's now in the Star Wars movies and um, uh, Raid Redemption. No. Bang, bang. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, Moses. I think of him and I just say Moses in my head. It's a it's an alien movie in England where they're saying don't call the Ghostbusters or don't call the police. Call Ghostbusters. Oh, and, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's um, attack the block. Attack mm-hmm. the block. It reminds yeah. me a lot of the monsters from Attack the Block, where like mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw a lot of the behind the scenes stuff of that, where you just see a guy like in a black cloak, and then they just kind of like cg like Glowy it's very teeth. low budget yeah. very yeah. low budget cg but you can kind of see like guys are wearing like suits with like just leaves on it or something and then they just kind of blur it enough that it looks like a ghost running across the screen and it's really dumb it's really low budget and fun i quite like the movie um saloon um but my last movie i want to talk about from tiff um which was my favorite movie from the festival um is a movie by the name of zalava um let me pull this up because i want to make sure i have this right um right um zalava which is an iranian movie um <laughs> this is this is not this is this is not this is not the typical i'm here to talk about iran movie okay i mean this that is, sounds like a lie <laughs> <laughs> this is this is an iranian movie that's a ghost story right there's it's no about ghost this... in iran <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, that's the route we're taking here there's this one community um which is called zalava which is full of refugees that they call gypsies um and the community is a very um peculiar community a very um what's the word i'm thinking of superstitious community they believe that there are ghosts and demons and that demons possess people but more importantly they believe the thing that demons are allergic to is metal. So, ah. using that using that logic, whenever someone in the town is possessed by a demon, you get a exorcist to come in, and if he is unable to do the job, you shoot the person. But you shoot him in the leg because you don't want to kill him. You shoot him in the ah. leg, and then ah. the metal from the bullet like right. lets the lets the th- so so there's this community with this belief, mm-hmm. right? Outside the community is a is a station with soldiers. Um, and I'm sure we've seen this in other movies. People have like their their um, their time that they have to be in the military in the country. Mm-hmm. So this one guy who is the leader of the station, the general, the, the captain, I don't know, I can't remember what status he has, but he's the top dog of this station, this military station that yeah. looks after this community. Um, it's his like last week on the job, right? This is how you love movies to start. It's my last week mm-hmm. on the job. Right. Right. You're not going to die immediately. <laughs> um, so and he's, he's, what you're saying is he's getting too old for this shit. It's, it's the end of his term, oh, right? Okay. He's not mm-hmm. too old. It's the end of his military term, right? Um, he's like, I'm getting out of this place. I don't care. Um, but he's had, ta- he's had complaints with the community where he's like, I don't believe in this demon shit. You guys are nonsense. Um, like he's gone into the town and taken away everybody's rifles because he's like, you guys shouldn't be shooting each other. Stop the nonsense. Um, but anyways, we catch him during the last week of his job where a demon possession has occurred. And he basically ends up interacting directly with the exorcist, taking over this demon possession who comes out and he's like, I have the demon in this jar, in like this mason jar that you can't see anything of. Mm-hmm. Um, you must just believe that the demon is in here. And he's like, you're swindling these people. And so the movie is really about this last week of his job where this whole ghost story is wrapped around it. And it is 
a tense ghost story thriller movie. Like it, it's it's a fun movie to watch. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, I promise you guys, this is not my usual Kiristami Farhadi Irani bullshit that you guys hate me talking about. Um, uh, but yeah, this movie is was fun as hell, and I loved it so much. Um, to be fair, I will say to you, as much as I still cringe whenever you say the word Iran, you have converted me in the sense that I will, at the very least, always try a movie that is directed by a Panahi. Okay? <laughs> yep. Um, so that's the end of my TIFF talk. Um, the rest of the movies I have on this list, I'll just breeze through. TIFF um, TIF talk. TIFF talk, ending for 2021. <laughs> Look forward to 2022. Um, We're going to need to get that bumper, Damien. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> for um, 2023, when there's two. actually a world. So, yeah. Tiff talk. <laughs> um, Don't Breathe Part 2. Yes. Question. Mm-hmm. What are your guys' feelings on Don't Breathe 1? Did you guys like it? Did you guys watch it? I don't remember. I watched it. I feel like I didn't like it. But I don't know, actually. I cannot recall. I very much like that stupid, stupid movie. Yes. I adore, <laughs> I love Don't Breathe. It's right? very silly. And it it's knows it's stupid. silly. And I like it. And it has at the center of it a blind man murdering people. Yes. Right? I think that is literally how Andrew sold that movie to me. Andrew is just like, hey, I know you don't like horror movies. <laughs> But this is not really a horror movie. <laughs> it's a blind man murdering people. I watched the trailer and I went, this looks dumb. And it was dumb. <laughs> so I was excited when I heard they're finally doing a sequel for this dumb movie. I'm like, I don't care if they have story. I just want to see blind man murdering people. And guess what, Damon? They have blind man murdering people in this movie. Um, like, I am slightly upset that they didn't... They've not really gone to the route of deciding that... Um, Stephen Lang in this movie is pretty much a Jason character where he's just like forever living and will continue just doing blind man things. But but I have hopes that soon enough someone will understand this and they'll just make that movie like that. The one complaint I'll have of this movie versus the first movie is that there really isn't much surprise left. Like even if you saw a trailer for Don't Breathe Part 2, like the, the big things, like they're all in that trailer. Okay. Right. Like, there's not like a lot of like more craziness to show, right? Which is slightly disappointing because I think part of the thing that made Don't Breathe work for me was that even if it wasn't just murdering, they kind of had a lot of things going on in there that you just didn't know going into that movie, right? Um, so a lot of like the best kills, yeah, in the trailer. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but it's still more. I still watch it. Yeah, yeah. I saw the trailer. I didn't man. realize it was out. Out. So I'll um, give that a watch. Yeah, so it's out, out. You can go watch it. Um, next movie I want to talk about is a movie from 1980 starring one Mr. Bob Hoskins and Helen Mirren, as well as the debut film performance of one Mr. Pierce Brosnan, um, The Long Good Friday. Have you guys ever seen this? I have seen the trailer for it. I think it just went on the Criterion Collection. And I don't know if it's in the collection collection. Sorry, I know it's on the 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 channel, streaming streaming channel. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, I 
think I want to watch it, but I'm not sure. Quick question. Do, what do, are you guys feelings? Want to watch it? What are you guys' feelings on like the seventies gangster British genre? Have none whatsoever. I don't know that I've watched any of them. Yeah. Like um, not even what I will like, say is Carter that I also really things. want to watch another movie that I think is in this same genre, which may have Helen Mirren in it, I can't remember. Something to the effect of like the the butcher, the baker, the candlestick. That's maker. not a gang- the name that, that doesn't movie. fit into this genre oh, it doesn't? at all. Okay, there right. we go. I just remember um, it seeming crazy at the time. It is that's a crazy fucking movie. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> But yeah, anyways, the long good Friday. First of all, generally I feel like I don't really love the seventies British gangster genre that much. Right? I find them very slow, I find them very calm. Even when it gets to like the action scenes in it, they're very quaint, to put it nicely. Um, and so I'm always kind of like left not really enamored with them. This movie is that, but at the same time, fucking Bob Hoskins is so fucking good in this movie. <laughs> um, there are a couple of action scenes in this movie that are really great. And I'm sorry, when Pierce Brosnan showed up out of nowhere, I'm just like, what the shit? And I found out it's his first movie ever. He has no lines. He's like an IRA hitman, and he just murders people in this movie. He's pretty good. Um, um, I didn't even realize recognize Helen Mirren until halfway ha- halfway into the movie. I'm like, oh shit, that's Helen Mirren. Um, but yeah, I really like Bob Hoskins in this movie. I need to watch more Bob Hoskins movies from this era because um, he's a crazy lunatic and I love him. He um, is amazing. Uh, the trailer says jagged brutality. Yeah. Look, look, look. Yeah. Damien, it it's is, jagged is that... brutality of its mm-hmm. time where they have one scene where like somebody gets murked and they're like, we never saw that much blood before in our lives. I just assumed that was the name of the band that did the soundtrack. Yeah, right. I was about to say that they had Jagged Edge playing in the sound, in the background and there was a bit of a, 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 a tussle in the crowd. And that's You'd need time out. machines to get the Jagged Edge came out way up. <laughs> All I have to say is I like this movie more than most of the 70s gangster British movies that I've mm-hmm. seen. Um, like, of the ones I've seen, I'd watch this one again. I really I really enjoyed a lot of the performances. A lot of a lot of the story around this thing is great. Even the action scenes when they show up, I like it. It's just, like all of them, it's kind of slow to go through at points. Because you're like, oh, he's just... Like, the story of this movie is basically um, Bob Hoskins is a gangster um, of, low, of low stature. Um, but he's, like, getting things done. And then out of nowhere, his business is being attacked by people he doesn't know. He, he has no clue what's going on. And so he's just under siege. Like he's seen his, his, his guys are falling left, right, and center. And he's just like, what's, what's happening? And then at the end of the movie, he finds out and things happen. Um, so, you know, it's one of those kind of movies. Um, but yeah. Last thing I want to talk about is Douglas's favorite conversation, which is not movies. It's television. Right. Um, I watched a series by the name of Dr. Death. You guys need to watch a show by the name of Dr. Death. And Douglas, you have to make an edit when you watch his show and close your eyes in the first 30 seconds of every episode because it's based on a true story, but don't tell yourself that. No! Right? No! <laughs> I'm melting! <laughs> Oh wow! Uh, I didn't wait, know that. Actually. Where can so I, I find you know, this TV show, it's on sir? Peacock. Oh it's no! On Peacock. Exactly. Oh exactly. no! 
And I think that's why I, no, I didn't pay you. too much attention to it. But it does have somebody that I enjoy. And we'll I will this. always refer to him because he does not have a real name. His name is Charlie Conway. All right? <laughs> <laughs> I know he's done things since then. I know that persons of... That will only resonate with persons of a certain age. Uh, if you don't know who Charlie Conway is, you better find out. Better find if out. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> no, we don't know because Douglas didn't tell us. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so Joshua Jackson is his Joshua name. Jackson. <laughs> the show stars, the, the three leads of the show is Joshua Jackson, Christian Slater, and Alec Baldwin. I'm sorry, did you just say Christian Slater? Yep. It's TV. Do you want me to watch this, this TV yes, show? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, this TV show is Joshua Jackson plays the the doctor by the name of Christopher Dunch. He uh-huh. is a neurosurgeon, spinal surgeon, and he's basically one of the worst surgeons in the world, right? And he is murdering people, right? Um, because of how bad he is at surgery. But he is this enigmatic, like really narcissistic character who is like, I am the best in the world, but he keeps murdering people. And Christian Slater and Alec Baldwin play the characters of two other doctors at a at a hospital he works at for a time, where they basically take the lead of trying to basically end his career. And the show follows along as these guys are going on. It yeah. is very stylish. It is like I I mean, I'm just from watching the show, like it is it feels like they took a lot of liberties with just characterization, because there's no way I could believe these people are as caricatured as they are, right? Um, But they have a lot of fun with it. And I don't care what Damien says, I continue to be a lover of Christian Slater, if and only because I think he knows what he is. Yeah, bad And he just kind of leans into that at this stage. What is he? What is he? Right, exactly. But but even before we get to that, um, Andrew Robinson... I am going to name, I think it's two, yeah, two things that I will give you that are positive that he has been in in the last, say, 20 years, right? One is Mr. Robot, and I'll tell you how, how positive I think of that. Actually, I have generally positive things to say, but I still haven't even started the last season, so I wonder what that says. And the second thing is, I almost called it necromancer. Um, <laughs> Necrophilia. Necrophilia. Right, um, <laughs> that's not the name. that's not the title either. Nymphomania, thank you, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but the tr- but hey, hey, I mean, is it like this? Not us. <laughs> yes, there's a big difference. Though. <laughs> that's a, it's a small yeah. job. Come on, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, very those are job. those are the two things that I have positive. I'm not even going to say that like I adore or whatever. I have positive feelings for that he's been associated with in the last say 20 years is there anything else that that i am missing why i should now actually say you know what whenever i see the name christian slater i should think go watch this christian slater own acts in bad things but he acts for himself at this stage he knows <laughs> that's what making money in the 80s is <laughs> i can I now s- do whatever i want i saw broken arrow he's bad at, in everything broken arrow <laughs> he's bad <laughs> in everything anyways this show is a good television show. listen i all I, douglas already got me with i cannot do this again 
Uh, I love that name that you have given the show right away. <laughs> and um, despite whatever your intentions are, that makes me love the show even more. Um, but yeah, Dr. Death. It is... It's pretty... It's a lovely. good rap name. <laughs> it's a great rap name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I will go next because let's leave sports till the end. Okay. Sports? Uh, I haven't watched quite a bit but there are some things I want to talk about Um, just quickly and I know I shouldn't mention this but I have again watched Shaun of the Dead and um, Spaced, I actually received my physical copy of Spaced and I wanted to talk about it because it's so important, it's so good for me to say that not only have I continued to watch Spaced but since I can now watch it without ads, instead of just continue. And I actually just started over because I love this show to death. I forgot how much I love this show. Spurs. Even though I knew how much I love this show, I forgot exactly how much I love this show. I remember this how show. upset you were when you saw it, got it. <laughs> yes. And you're like, because he owns t- it. I know. At the time, I was stupid. I was like, oh, if Andrew owns it, I can't own it. Oh, no. Yeah, I you guys love were dumb. Yeah, we were. Um, this show is like one of the best shows ever made as far as I'm concerned, at least in the the, the genre that it is in. Um, I'd like to remind everybody that there are some things that you need to watch that have come out recently. Sex Education is back. came out a couple of weeks ago. It's fun. Yes. Um, I know you guys are not down with this, but Tacoma <laughs> FD is back. Broken Lizard Project, Steve Lemmy and Kevin Heffernan. It is just an enjoyable piece of shit. I love it. It's so bad. It's so good. Now on to some actual things that we should be talking about. Uh, I've, I, I don't know why I haven't spoken about this before. Maybe because I just assume that you all know I'm watching it and we don't need to talk about it. But um, the two amigos uh, actually created a, another show on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building. And I don't know that the show is good. I don't know that I actually like it. But I'm watching every second of it because Martin Short and Steve Martin are putting something in front of my face. Um, I've seen the first episode and I keep meaning to continue, but I have not. Um, Second question. Mm -hmm. Do you think if it was up to them that they could just call it the two amigos for forever and just never call it the three amigos because that third guy just doesn't exist to anyone anymore. Yeah, I kind of I kind of hope they do, right? Like they're like, "You know what? We don't we always knew he was a bad egg. That was a studio decision. We, you know, tried our best, but he's not of our peoples." Yeah. Right? oh i do love that movie though the three amigos it's perfection yeah (laughs) um so yeah uh only murders in the the building i like this movie without actually know sorry this show without actually knowing that i like it i think it's probably actually bad is it like consistent like episode to episode or does it get better or worse like because i actually did kind of like the first episode i just of course you did it's the two amigos (laughs) <laughs> but how much of that liking is who is in front of your face versus you actually absorbing what is there? Because I am like actively trying to, to find a reason to tell you to watch it, and I don't have one. Um, the two I amigos. Think, 
Yeah, I don't think it's actually that good. It's probably fine, and I am now enjoying the two amigos. I think okay, that's cool. really what it is, to be honest with you. Um, so, two other shows I'm going to watch, uh, talk about, and then something I assume we all have seen, but maybe you haven't, Andrew. I don't know. Um, I Oh, three things, actually. I've been watching something that I didn't think I'd start watching. Um, it goes by the name of Cartoon Star Wars. And, oh, um, Visions. Visions, yes. Star Wars Visions. Um, I've watched the first two episodes. And I... Is it probably... good? I've not started yet. You haven't? Okay, cool. So right. I, I have probably... I'm probably going to watch all of it. And there are 10 minute that... episodes. So. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they're are like they that short? Yeah, they're, they're, real short. they're not long. They're not long. I assumed it would be like 30 minute tips, but okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. But I'll say this to you, right? The fact that I'm, I've made the decision I'm probably going to watch the rest of them is a positive, right? Because the truth is, I was pretty sure I wasn't even going to watch the first one. And then people just kept talking and I saw it and I was like, all right, mm-hmm. fine. I don't have anything better to do. Um, they, it's not... It's, it's kind of anthology. It doesn't like... One story doesn't go into the next... Um, also, it's like the Matrix, whatever they're called, Animatrix. Yes, the Animatrix. Where it's the Animatrix for Star Wars. Exactly. But no, yeah. in particular, um, each episode, they're like, we don't need the vision to look the same. Mm-hmm. It's different types of animations. Right? Yeah, it's different right. directors as far as I know. So yeah. everything's going to look yeah, different. Man. It's yeah. nine different studios. Yeah, exactly. Right? So I, I'm, just, I'm just giving the people tell, the context. Okay? Tell me which episode was done by no. Kyo Annie. I don't no. know who people are. Stop this. Come on. What I will tell you is episode one is the greatest episode ever. They knew what to do. They knew Douglas was watching. They knew he wasn't here for no shit. And that if you catch him on episode one, he will just decide to watch the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, episode one is, it's probably not good, actually. But what it is, is it is it's the cowboy shit. best fight scene. Yeah, it's Cowboy Samurai. <laughs> best nonsense. 15 minute fight scene ever. That's all it is. And the, the art, it's great. It's, it's, I don't think it's actually black and white, but it feels black and white. It's, um, it's black and white with the exception of the lightsabers. Right. So when those um, come out, there's color. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's beautiful great art. is what it it's is. It's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. You know what? It reminds me of a little bit Samurai Champloo. Ja- yeah, that one. Yeah, um, in terms of how the art works, and it's it's very like heavy on the fight. Um, this Damien would refer to this as a western. That's he what would it un- is. Fortunately, refer to the second episode as a crying movie. And um, I'm correct. <laughs> <laughs> the second episode is piss poor, right? It's um, real bad. <laughs> But I have decided to remember the one that I like and mm-hmm. continue along and hope that they get back to the All right, so let me help you guys out. I've as, only watched the first two episodes. As the, <laughs> as the self-proclaimed Star Wars truther on this podcast, which is that Star Wars is bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are nine episodes. Uh, there are four that are westerns. Oh, okay, that's a and good. That's a good. Well, actually, no, it's nine. You say right. Uh, there are four that are westerns. 
there are another three that Star Wars people will like. And then there's two that are god-awful. <laughs> You've seen one of the god-awful ones. There's another one coming up that uh, it's, not, it's not about. Uh, but keen-eared people would realize that one overlaps with another. Uh, oh, okay. There's one that is that while a western is real bad, <laughs> so, uh, but on a whole, there are there's enough here that I watched all of them uh, pretty much in one sitting. Uh, it's fascinating to watch the much like the Animatrix to watch the um, look and feel of all these things change. Um, so that was. That was fun. Um, there is two of the vignettes that I would like them to break out into full on. I, I'll watch a full series of this. Um, but it's uh, it's better than it's higher than the normal Star Wars hit rate. So, um, yeah, it's and they're short. I think the longest episode I'm looking here, the longest one is 22 minutes. Yeah. Um so yeah. yeah. Uh there's some as short as 13 minutes. So it's not it's it's they're mostly bite sized, it's fun. Perfect. Um so also I have been watching um HBO's new show that goes by the name of Scenes from a Marriage mm-hmm. with Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain. I really enjoy this show. Um and as I said to you. This is what I was referring to a while ago or earlier when I said, you know, um, that Mandabe was this emotion porn that just wasn't for me. And but there is something I'm going to talk about that is just emotion porn that is for me. This is it. Right. That's really all this is. Um, uh, Andrew mentioned um, when we spoke about it that this is actually based on I didn't realize it was a movie. I actually thought it was a limited series as well. But based on a, a, a much earlier Thing by um, I'm forgetting his name now, but Bergman. Bergman, thank you. And um, I'm pretty, sh- <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure um, he has some descendant that is a part of this because there is a Bergman name in the credits. Um, so this is really good. At least I, it's really hitting me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. Only now we're halfway through the second episode. This is actually only two episodes in so far. There's another episode in a couple of days. Um, it is really good. Um, and it's like, what's a little weird about it, and I don't know if this is uh, because I haven't watched any, any of the original. So I don't know how much they take from it. I don't know if it's just like, you know, uh, uh, it, it smells like the old one or if, or if it's very much, um, you know, uh, uh, truthful to it. But it, each episode starts with you're almost in the real world where either it's Oscar Isaac or Jessica Chastain or somebody like actually walking on a set and wearing like COVID masks and getting into character and trying to start the scene and then the scene starts and then you transition into watching a movie with these people in it, right? Um, And that's, I don't know if I I like it or I hate it, but um, I guess because I like the movie part of it, I have no, you know how I am. I'm like, I like 
this thing so I will now decide I like everything. Um, but really, I, I know that's just something that is an addition that I don't really care about. But for me, it is the movie part of it. Um, and the way that these two actors are able to by themselves um i know it's 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 kind of different when it when there's monologue they, they actually can't they do interact with each other so it's not like they're not on islands um but it's just really focusing on their relationship the first episode has actually kind of a double date where they have another couple um for a part of it in um the the their house and they're having dinner and they explore all sorts of emotions there and there's a bit of an interview and you kind of see like a lot of um you see them move in terms of where they are with each other um and i really like that um it is something that i'm sure i'll continue to watch and i hope that they do well i don't know if i hope but I'm always greedy for more, right? Even, even though I know in my head, my head knows there is a limit. My heart wants what it wants, though. So I, I, I always say to myself, I want them to do what I know the Americans are famous for, is to try and draw it out for as long as possible. Go beyond the original um, <laughs> source material. Yeah. Just yeah. keep making Just shit up and make me enjoy it. Right? Exactly. But I, I really enjoy what I'm seeing so far. I love it. And it wasn't until halfway, or well, maybe quarter way, because I'm only about halfway through this one, through the last episode that I thought to myself, hang on, I think I've seen these two together before. And I remembered it was from another movie that I adore, mm -hmm. um, a, yes. a good or a violent year. Mm -hmm. And I love that movie. And I think I'm going to watch it again now because this has reminded me of it. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, Movie's so yeah, great. I'm gonna uh, gonna talk about that. So, um, I am going to transition a little bit into movies and then move back um, to one last thing for TV. So I watched a movie. Um, we're not going to talk about it because I'm not going to give Andrew the fucking satisfaction. I watched a Nicolas Cage movie by the name of Prisoners of Ghostland. No, we need to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> On the podcast. Damon has seen this. Damon, have you seen this movie? I haven't. I haven't yet. Yes! God damn it. Yes! I figured we were going to talk about it on the podcast. Like, someone's going to put it on the list. No, but Andrew's already said how much he like, likes yeah, it. Yeah, but who like cares what Andrew said? <laughs> 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 I'm just joking. Uh, listen, I was... Uh, I was I, I'll talk about this later, but I was trapped by Ken Burns. So it's not my Ooh. fault. <laughs> All right, cool. Douglas, tell me, tell me your feelings on Sion Sono. Mm -hmm. Taking Nicolas Cage to Japan. It's fine. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah. I hate all of you. <laughs> of course, I like this movie. This movie is great. Um, it is crazy. Um, it is Sion Sono. It is Nick Cage being Nick Cage. Um, he has a suit of full of explosive devices and. I thought that was a fun uh, mechanism that they put in place. Under no circumstances did I think they would actually set off any of those devices. What I will say, without giving too much away, is that they do, 
and I applaud this movie for it. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, this movie is fun. Uh, it, I would watch this again. I would watch it over and over again. Um, it's great. Damien, yes. you will enjoy this movie. Uh, no, I, f- I figure as much, but yeah. I was given other homework this week. Um, <laughs> and I did half my homework, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So, moving back to the world of television. Something I know we've all been talking about. I'm not sure if we've all actually been able to watch. I've watched The Foundation. Have any of you seen this show? I'm afraid. I'm still afraid. Not yet. I haven't watched it yet. I plan to. I was too busy watching Dr. Death. (laughs) That's an American crime story. Yep. Um, So... I watched both of the premiere episodes of The Foundation. And while I am hoping for the best, what I can say about (laughs) this is that it is pretty. It is gigantic. Oh, it's raised by wolves. It promises a lot. And it is boring as hell. Yeah, it's raised by wolves. (laughs) That that was my fear. That it's another raised by wolves. Yep. And I, I was um, two episodes into Raised by Wolves and went, this ain't happening. Yeah. And was right. <laughs> and I've, let's just say that by the end of the second episode, mm-hmm. I've realized that they're going to focus on characters that I don't care about. Ah. So, no, that's not a bad thing because... because uh, if I don't know you, I'm not going to care about you. You just need to give me a reason, right? Mm-hmm. This is why we enjoy certain people from, say, Game of Thrones that we didn't know from, from the beginning, right? Oh, oh but, a bad example. <laughs> but we need... But Apple, mm-hmm. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. I will play along for a little while longer. Mm-hmm. But, um, boy, was... And these are not short episodes, Damien. Mm-hmm. I think the first episode is feature length. No, um, so Tim Apple is flexing. Yes, and you're bored. Definitely flexing. Okay. And I am kind of bored so far. And so you I watched three hours it. of yes. a thing. <laughs> I don't think the second episode was so long, but it was. It's yeah, probably a full hour. Let's like round up. Yeah. Let's round up. To, <laughs> so you watched three hours of a thing, <laughs> and you are reporting back to me. Yeah. That you are bored. Yes. And you want me to do what with that information? Oh, I'm not. I, first of all, <laughs> you made me watch a children's movie. I want you to. Um... Mine was a oh and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Here, what? Just watch the first episode. Then. <laughs> so I can be half bored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but um, it's like. N- all hope is not lost. It, there, there are clearly some people playing hard here, but like, okay. Douglas, I am, I'm Douglas, worried want, that they're going. I just want you to pause I really for a second. Am worried. <laughs> Douglas, you just said all hope is not lost <laughs> about a entertainment product. <laughs> <laughs> you know, time is finite, right? And you can yeah, use yeah. it to do other things. So, Damian and Andrew, when you have watched both episodes. We can talk about my frustration with episode two and what it means for the rest of this television show. 
Um, all right. I, I will commit. Yeah. If if in two weeks' time you can tell me that there is anything to look forward to, I will commit <laughs> to watching some of these. Because um, I, I was planning to wait until the season was over and seeing if it is if it's not just another race by wolves and then mm-hmm. giving it a shot. Uh, but you have not filled me with any measure oh, no. of confidence. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I do. Boy, boy. I don't know that I have the sort of confidence yeah. that I started with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started very excited for this show. Yeah. And, mm. <laughs> so, dumb um, question. I think mm-hmm. this is based on like a, a popular science fiction book. Yes, yeah. it is. Like, and they apparently have a plan for eight years of television. Yeah, so, and yeah. this is, I think this, so where Dune is like the Western space epic, apparently Foundations is um, like the Russian space epic. Oh shit, is Dune supposed to be a Western? No, no. it's not. No. Western as in the Western. Western as oh, in oh, geography. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's my fault. In fairness, if I say Western, it usually means one thing. So I'll, I'll take the L for that one. All right, cool. Um, all right. Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you were going to ask me a question, Andrew. I was just wondering, like, you said you had high hopes. Like, I don't, I would, I've been hearing about this thing, but I really haven't had hopes at all for this. I've just been like, no. well, I guess it's another show. Hopefully I've heard I like that the books I'd... are great. And mm-hmm. so, I'll... yeah, my hopes for the TV show was that they could translate some of the greatness out of those books onto the screen. But Douglas is not filling me with confidence. I'm a simple man. Mm-hmm. I watched a trailer that was pretty, that mm-hmm. promised crazy sci-fi-ness. With a guy that, that was Jared in the expanse. Harris. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you give me all three of those things. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know what you're talking about. I don't need to understand you. I'm just ready. Okay. Jared Harris from Mad Men. No, from The Expanse. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he would not associate himself with that sort of low-browing. Right. He, <laughs> like, he is going to say, I was in the life-changing TV show, yeah. The Expanse. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, the amazing and underrated uh, Man from Uncle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Mad Men. Oh, and what was, what was the ghost movie from Uncle again? What was the ghost movie again, Damien, where he was a psychic? Ah, uh, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> that was am- he was amazing in that. Yeah. What the shit is this? Yeah. Was it one of the um, Patrick fellow things? Um, was it one of those things with the wife and the husband? Was it one of those movies? <laughs> with the wife and the husband. <laughs> a movie with a wife and a husband. Oh I've god. never seen those movies. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> um, the movie with the wife and the husband. Thank you, Douglas. Um, Damien, Damien, which movies can we name now? <laughs> he was in he was in Sherlock Holmes. I didn't remember yeah. that. He oh, was yeah, in, yeah. He, he was, was in part um, two. He was Moriarty. Thank you. I just kept mm-hmm. thinking Mandrake, and I was like, I know that's not the name. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, he was in The Crown. Oh, looking at this, Yeah, he was. He was. He is, was in Mad Men. crazy. Mm-hmm. He uh, is amazing. He was also I need in, to watch. He was also in Chernobyl. Yes, he was. I'm really good show. that. I still haven't really watched the like, show. Did you watch like, it, Andrew? I watched it, and I really liked it. Okay. I don't think it's a show for you. Really? Oh, yes, I enjoyed it very much. A lot of people love that show. And yeah. It is you know based me on a true HBO, story. I'm like, it's I know it on, is, but... 
Um, you know, it's Jared Harris. Jared Harris. Jared Harris from Mad Men. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. <laughs> um, and the sad thing is I've tried Mad Men. I wonder if I should try it again. <laughs> yes, you should. I think I watched it like, at great. least a season and a half. And Yo I was dog. like, I mean, this show isn't that good. <laughs> Yo, dog. Don't, do the, don't do this to yourself. You don't have to prove anything to anybody anymore. So, <laughs> you have to how far, to how far did I get? Because I remember watching the fellow from Nurse Jackie um, play a homeless guy in that I'm going to be honest. How I don't remember that? anything about Nurse Jackie, so I don't know who that <laughs> fellow is. <laughs> there was a homeless guy that was in, I think, um, probably a flashback. Listen, fake Jessica Chastain is in Mad Men, and I still didn't like that. Is TV she? Show. Oh, my. You, Douglas doesn't know who you're talking about. Of course about. I know who fake Jessica Chastain <laughs> is. It's Bryce Dallas Howard. No, not that fake one. Nope. No, there's another oh, fake. What? There's another fake one that looks even better. Who is that? <laughs> looks better. Who is? Oh, January Jones? Is nope. that you talking about? Nope. nope. Who are you talking about? He's, he's talking about um, the lady who was in Drive. Yes. Really? Lily, Christina what's Christina Hendricks. Oh, Chris, oh, oh, Drive. Yes. Oh, I thought Baby Driver. No, Christina Hendricks, absolutely yes. not. That is yes. not fake at all. Listen. <laughs> Listen, I'm saying in my head, if so, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> as soon as like it came out, I was yeah. like, "That does work as another joke, though." Yes. Uh, I'm saying she is one of the prettiest people I've ever seen, and she still couldn't get me to keep watching Man. <laughs> I was just like, I can't do this. I'm out. I'm out. Anyways, um, Douglas was talking about foundation, but it sounds like that's over. Yes. Yeah, it's um, over. They continue also, to name random things that Jared Harris is in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, also is my list of things I've watched this week, unless you'd like to talk about two mediocre BBC television shows. That uh, I would like to talk to you about a film called Kati. It is about a a female assassin. And is, that a, is, is that a assassin? I mean, it, yes, it's a assassin movie, and it is incredible. <laughs> I am over here so giggling like it. a schoolgirl because it, I'm so happy because this movie is so good, so good, <laughs> so good. <laughs> Jesus, like Douglas was selling a lot of Douglas has been selling a lot of trash f- for most of this podcast. Every now and again, though, Douglas hits. And for this to be a Netflix movie is even more surprising. Every it's single so part of this movie works. They have realized we don't need long backstories. We don't need to explain anything. We just need an excuse to move forward and murder. And that is what this is. They've I need com- them to find a way to make this no. into Katewick. No. I want more, Damien. Douglas, no. Damien, Douglas, the reason Damien, this is we, good. We, hold on. We had this conversation. <laughs> yes, I have a head did. and I have a heart. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Douglas, I understand. But the, re- the thing that makes this better than a lot of the other pretenders is that this ends. <laughs> there is no wiggle room. <laughs> This is about murder, 
It is about revenging. The revenging is so sweet. It is Vin Rame's chef kiss sweet. <laughs> chef smooch. Chef <laughs> It is... It is delicious how good this movie is. It is just an excuse to march forward and murder and every single part of it works. She is... It it subscribes to the video game um, injury movement where you're injured while you're not in action. So when you're just walking from point to point, you feel the weight of all the injuries. But the second it's time to mow down people, she snaps back into perfect fighting form. And I love... There's a scene in a penthouse where she's fighting some Yakuza guy. And initially you think he's going to be just uh, like just this weakling. And then you realize, oh no, this man is the devil. <laughs> and a fight plays out that I enjoy. I must have watched that scene four times before moving on with this movie. <laughs> I was just like, I need to see this again. <laughs> I need to make sure what I think happened, happened. And I just went back. And he's just in a silk robe, snuggling in a couch. And she walks in and he's just like, yo, dog, I don't know if you've heard, but I'm not about this life. <laughs> and then just turns into the devil, which is what she does. He does to her what she did to everyone else. She just looks unimposing and then it turns out she's the devil and he did the same thing and it just worked all the way to the end every part of it works does it make a little sense i don't know if you've heard it's an action movie that's not what i want <laughs> here's here's how good this movie is if they scribbled out kate and just put matrix four i would have just accepted it whole cloth like no I I have one quick question. What's the world building like? I'm sorry? Uh, it's it's Japan, I think. That's all, I think that's it. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I get. And no, I no, will no. add to what Damien's saying. Andrew, this movie is also fucking beautiful. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's but so they cheat. pretty. It's yeah. the thing Andrew was complaining yeah. about where it's just woman and neon lights yeah. and people think it's cool. Except in this one, because the action is so good. And they took time to like set up clever camera shots and did camera tricks with, with the action. And then when, when they're walking from kill point to kill point, it's Japan. And it's all set at night because she has one night to live. And so you're just able to have neon backdrops everywhere. And it's, do they it's have, beautiful to look at. Do they have more than one long take? I'm sure they have one. No, I not really. I don't no? Not really, no. Yeah. They're just... Like, they are not... This movie doesn't think... It's not overthinking anything. Like, it's not trying to do... Oh, this it's is the hallway scene. Yeah. It's not, it's yeah, not yeah. trying to outdo yeah. John Yeah, it's not all weird. Like, they know what works. There's one part where, this, where she suplex some guy and the camera flips around. But they do that one time. And then there's overhead shots and there's the obligatory um, blood splatter 
onto bamboo screening and like they they know what they're making but they're so laser focused on the murder that if there are plot holes you can't find them because they don't give you enough time to think about anything because she's moving on and there's there's double and triple crosses and there's all sorts of madness it's it's so fun let me that tell you I, how good this movie is, Andrew. I don't accept that it's a Netflix movie. <laughs> it is clear that the studio put down their foot and said, you need to have a star in this film. Woody Harrelson is in this movie. For Woody 13 Harrison seconds. is bad in every scene he's yeah. in. Every scene he's in makes no sense and is bad. You don't like any of those scenes. Yeah. And you forget because you love this movie so yeah, man. much. This movie is perfect. Those scenes are perfect because they are wrapped inside a movie that is perfect. Yeah, man. He is in there for like maybe 10 minutes of this runtime. And he is useless in every single scene. It is clear that he cashed the check. But he's they've set him up to be this dirtbag. And so you hate him basically on sight. And every time he's on the screen, you're like, like, the, Andrew, it is a movie where when I started watching the movie and saw his stupid face, I went, it is his fault. And the movie didn't pretend like, oh, no, we're going to make it seem like it's like, you know, Woody Harrison is the final boss. And it does not matter. <laughs> None of it matters because the movie is so fun. Uh, thank you, Doctor. Uh, you've led me astray many times, but uh, 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 I I am so happy, Damien, that you like this. Is how much I like this movie, and Andrew knows because I mentioned it to him before the podcast. I know you don't do this all, all the time, um, but you have been on and off lately, so I was hoping you did. I have been periodically checking your letterboxd profile to see if you put this on and if yeah. you watch this because yeah. i really wanted to know if you like yeah. this movie I sh- yeah i should have done that <laughs> um but yeah boy this kate movie is it like it's special i know a lot of people won't watch it but i don't care because like th- whoever did this netflix handed them a bag of money up front so it doesn't matter um but whoever like i'm going to check to see who directed this and I'm going to watch for whatever they make next because this is like uh, there is always something to be said to leaning into movie tropes but just executing them so well that you like if that is the type of movie you've come to see hitting every single point on it and just just get having a good movie at the end like you don't have to overthink and you don't have to step outside of the box and you don't have to expand the genre or ch- like no this can just be this movie is a capital a action movie and it doesn't try to be anything else and i love it uh speaking so i uh i was listening to the last week's podcast and at the start Andrew, because he's a monster, put Monty Python as the the opening. um, And once I heard it, I immediately queued up. Like I'm like, as soon as this podcast is over, 
I'm just going to watch the Holy Grail again. And I don't need to explain to anybody how good the Holy Grail is. Everybody on this podcast knows. Everyone that listens to this podcast knows. And if you haven't seen it, don't listen to this podcast anymore. And I'm dead serious about this. <laughs> um, I watched um, Ted Lasso. And Ted Lasso is so good, they took an internet joke about people being rickrolled and made it into a good episode. And now I hate this. Like, it's too good. It's becoming frustrating. Just how good. Like, they have all but forgotten about the fact that this is a football team. They're not even pretending anymore. The first season, they had to pretend that there's football going on. They have all but abandoned football in the second season. And it's better for it. I mean, they're they're so good that a CGI character won an Emmy. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on, yeah, come on, yeah. Uh, that Actually, takes. I out. have to tell you. So you talk about Rickroll. Mm-hmm. Forget Rickroll. Um, Danny Rojas. Is oh, oh, my favorite Listen, part of that episode. Douglas, like, him and those shoes. Douglas. Oh my God. <laughs> There's so many things in that episode to love. That the Danny Rojas thing, it like you you. Pointing to that, no one will understand. Unless you're in love with the show, you will understand. But you can't just tell anybody, you know what Rickrolling is. They made an episode out of it, and it's a good one. <laughs> Which shouldn't be, like, that shouldn't be possible. But all of that is a waste of time. Like, listen, uh, my, my friend Ken Burns decided... To make 400 hours of a Ali documentary. And when Ken Burns is excited about a thing, I get excited because he's never made a bad documentary. Uh, the man is a, the master. And I sat down. Uh, they're broken up into episodes which they call rounds because, of course, it's boxing. And uh, it, it starts and when the credits hit for the first episode, I was just like, no, no, no. Nothing has happened yet. There's no way you can keep me entertained for two hours when none of the things I know about Ali has been spoken about. This isn't possible. And then watch episode two and then had no more episodes. And instead of doing something practical like waiting, what I did was keep watching episode one and two until three and four came out and then watch those. I have watched the first four episodes of this documentary. The first two I've watched six times. The second two I've watched four times. They're both about two hours long. If you do some quick math, I've watched about 30 hours of a eight hour thing. And so all I want is for the, like this Sunday is... I might not even watch the NFL <laughs> I am going to be on time watching the, because they're incredible. Uh, whether or not you like Ali is irrelevant. Whether you like, you like boxing is irrelevant. Because of how he tells stories, he's just like, I'm going to show you what America was like, what this set of people's lives were like, and how they intertwine in this time period using Ali as the center and we're just telling this story. And it is endlessly fascinating. And I don't know how he does it. I'm no, I, I've watched so many of his documentaries. I know this is always the structure 
and yet I keep finding myself falling into these things and when it is something that I have an actual interest in. So he did one for rock and roll. I don't care about rock and roll, but I watched the 12 or so hours that that one was for. This Ali one is like, it. I'm losing my mind as to how good this is. And I don't know, he's old. And so at some point these will stop and I'm going to be very upset. But uh, I started going onto the PBS website, much like I assume Andrew looks at the Criterion website. I was just like, how much for all of the things here? <laughs> and it turns out I don't have that much money right now because it was like $1,400. But the plan is to get all of them. <laughs> that is my new plan, to have all of these things because I want them so much. And so quick question. Yes. What's your top Ken Burns doc? Is this it? Is no. Do you have like a do you have like a winner right now of like so, the... so the winner is Vietnam because Vietnam was Vietnam in in my head was always a joke uh, because of Rambo First Blood Part Two because he won the the, the the facts I know about Vietnam is that America went in and made a terrible mistake and lost that war and had to come home. Um. I was a bit like it was shameful on all fronts. Uh, but I found that out after watching Rambo First Blood Part 2. When I watched that as a child, it was a dumb action movie. And then when I found out what the Vietnam War was, I liked that movie even more because Rambo won a war, America lost. It was like the perfect encapsulation of what um, propaganda was. And so I loved that movie even more. Because this 100-pound man did a thing that was impossible. And then, like, I read enough history around it. I know how terrible all of it was. I, like, the human cost alone um, was devastating. And then Ken Birds was just like, yo, dog, those things you read in the books and all of that, you're wasting your time. I'm here to tell you a story about Vietnam. And it starts in 1875. I was just like, I can't do this with you. <laughs> and then sat down and watched that for, I think it's 18 hours. And uh, it, it, it is so, like, he is able to take all these things from, all these strands from everywhere and layer them slowly on top of each other so you never feel lost, which is impressive because... There's, I've, I've read a lot of books that can do that. And books have all the time in the world. You can read it however you want. The pacing is dictated by how you read the book. But movies don't get to do that. Because there's a finite amount of time. And so movies don't have the luxury to do that. But Ken Burns does. Because PBS is a public station. And they will give him however much time he wants to make these. And he just, like, no part of it. I remember we were talking about the Malice in the Palace documentary. And I was just like, they gave you a recap of what happened, but no one really dived deep into it. I was expecting a last dance type thing. And the last dance was, hey, it's Michael Jordan's last season. 
but we're lying. It's his entire <laughs> career up until this point. That is what Ken Burns does. He's like, hey, for you to understand what is happening right here, what if we give you everything? And just and he just does it so slowly and so carefully that you don't feel like you're missing any viewpoints. You don't feel like he's trying to like get you to believe like there's no sides being taken. He's just like, these are the facts, and I'm layering them on top of each other. And of course, some of the things that you heard contradict some of the things that you heard before. And he takes that in stride and then just keeps presenting more and more things. And if it gets messy because it's a messy topic, which Vietnam was, like at the end of it, I did at the Vietnam one, I didn't come out going, you know, America was right, or you know, America, like that is not what he's trying to get done. He's just like, look, dog. So there's a podcast me and Andrew listened to, um, a history podcast. And He's basically doing a watered-down version of what Ken Burns <laughs> is doing. Uh, also, Ken Burns has the luxury um, of video where this guy is just talking. Ken Burns barely talks. Um, it's him interviewing people. Like, if you see him on or hear him on screen, it's because there's something that he doesn't have um, someone to tell you or some visual to make it understandable to transition you from point to point. Um, also, in this one, um, he has a very famous voice actor um, narrating, and he clearly went to like the Beyonces and Jay-Z. Like he went to all of the most popular artists in the world, and he's like, "I'm doing an Ali doc, and I want your music." And so this one, based on the, the music drops that he has in it, like, if it wasn't him, this would be very expensive to make. <laughs> like, it's clear that they've just given him permit. They're clearly not paying for this, um, for, like, the rights to use this music. Um, or this would have been nightmarishly expensive. Uh, I've bought... I cannot tell you guys how much I've enjoyed these and I suggest I would suggest everyone watch them but they're long. It's a lot of time to devote to this thing and if you're not familiar with how he makes documentaries you might be put off by just the length of these things. Uh, but for, for this for this doc it's yeah. just the four episodes right? So far yeah. Oh no there's more to come. There's more coming yeah. Okay. Um, cause it's just been two Sundays. Um, I'm like looking him up, and I mean, I know he's a very prominent documentarian, yeah. and but at the same time, because he's so married to PBS, yes. there's so much of it where like I just don't know what he is, which mm -hmm. ones he is that I've seen. Um, but just looking him up, I'm like, oh, I've seen Central Park Five. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen like a couple of the baseball related things. Yeah. Probably. I <laughs> I even watched a baseball. I watched his, the history of baseball, a sport I couldn't care any less about. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, like I, I think the thing with him, and I, and I, 
I feel almost the same way I feel about Frederick Wiseman, even though he's like a whole other bag of worms of like how he does documentaries because he does the long ass documentary thing, but he does it technically all in one film. Right. He'll just release it as a five hour doc and be like, here, watch mm-hmm. it. And then you kind of know you're in for something. Um, but yeah, it's like, I definitely want to watch the Muhammad one, Muhammad Ali one. Um, so I'm going to look into that. I just, wanted to know whether it was technically done no or if or if the, like what's the cap on what he's doing Do, is there like an announced episode list i don't think so i think there's hold on let me check this thing because i see that they're like i'm looking through imdb and they have like supposedly a one and a half or a duck attached to it and i look on the pbs site and i see yeah. they have the four episodes out now yeah i think there's um, supposed to be more coming yeah i think there's supposed to be more coming okay but anyway yeah All right. so kenburns.com mm-hmm. describes it as a four-part movie oh oh so that's it okay, okay. well then yeah all right, so it feels like there's more to come. Right, never, never mind. <laughs> or maybe this is just low key Ken Burns for you. You're like, yeah. how is there not 20 more yeah. hours of. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, maybe. I was trying. It's a shot. I don't know if I'll get it done within the before the next podcast, but mm-hmm. you know, before the year is out, I'm definitely going to watch the Muhammad Ali doc. It says yeah. it premieres between September 19 and 22, and those dates are in the past. Are gone. Oh, I just assumed there was going to be more. Well, <laughs> I guess I guess you've got some um rewatching to do. Come on. <laughs> I mean I I have. <laughs> Alright. Um is there anything else you have to talk about, Darren? Sport no, it's just sports. Just sports. Yeah. Sports. Mm-hmm. Like like do we get to talk uh, so so today when when the sports was over, um Renata was away and she came back in the late afternoon and she's like, what happened? And I was like, the first thing I said to her is a man, you lost. And she's like, why? What happened? Ronaldo wasn't playing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Andrew, I appreciate this cut. One of my favorite songs, not on his first album. <laughs> Freaky black beauty with the pretty pot where you work it out, got me feeling black. I hit the Jeep ready for the street, heavy ghetto sweet, breezing through the evening. Bang, I'm on the launch pad for the warm blast, got the John Shaft cock back and loaded. Bang, I beat the war jump, body awesome. It's the way that you come, they got me going. Bang, I'm on the back stretch rolling. Play it back on.